anticipating such this big high and then you accomplish it you run the race you do the dang thing you've had people blowing your phone up you've had all these people reaching out to you What is up, Strides for Strength fam? I am Michaela. And I'm Erin. And we're RCA certified run coaches and the founders of Strides for Strength Run Coaching. We are here to help you build belief in yourself as an athlete on the run and beyond. The Strides for Strength podcast is running meets everyday life. We focus on mindset, physical strength, and all of life's in-between moments of self-doubt and fear, both on and off the run. Our mission is to make running simple and fun while we pull back the curtains around all things running with athlete interviews, guest experts, combined with our many years of running experience, going from non-runners to now more multiple time marathoners to help you become the athlete you were always meant to be. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hello. 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 (laughs) We're in New York city still (laughs) (laughs) approximately five minutes after the last podcast. We (laughs) we already drank a Celsius and it's only nine 15 in the morning. Are we about to go spectate 50,000 people running the streets of New York City? Wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. (laughs) But speaking of racing, we wanted to come on today to chat briefly about burnout in running, especially after a really big build like running a race like New York City or Chicago or Berlin or any other, honestly, any other build for any other race that you can find your parallel there to. But because we've been having so many conversations with our own athletes and kind of just reflecting, I don't know, I think about myself last year after New York City, like New York City truly was like the race that changed my entire running perspective. Yeah. I feel and like. it's funny that we both took so much time off after yeah. that because I think it did the same to both Because of us. like it just threw me through the ringer. And I think like, we we were talking about it it's like not enough people are having this conversation to normalize these feelings after a big build or a big race and like these feelings of just like fuck it like I don't want to run I have no joy in running I have no desire to run I don't want to run mm-hmm. <laughs> like Every negative emotion or feeling you could have towards running, you have it. Yeah. Um, and if that's you right now as you're listening to this, like... It's normal. Yeah. You're not it's the normal. One. You're not crazy. Don't make yourself feel some type of way. Like, don't question yourself or second guess yourself because, like, it happens. Yeah. Um, I don't... And it's... We, we both have a couple of different athletes right now who are, like, in it, <laughs> in the yeah. thick of it. Well, it's – we've I know we've recorded a podcast on this um, in the past. It was just, like, the post-marathon blues and how you almost get depressed mm-hmm. after you finish a big race because you're training and training and training and anticipating such this big high. Mm-hmm. And then you accomplish it. You run the race. You do the dang thing. You've had people blowing your phone up. You've had all these people reaching out to you. And then that's it. And then you're done. And then it's over. And then it's over. And you're just like, who am I? What do I do? Like, what is my life without running? And you're just so, like, lost for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I think there's that aspect of it. And then I think there's the aspect of it of just not being motivated and just not wanting to run. Um, And like you said, it's normal. Like, everyone Mm -hmm. does that and it's okay. Um, I think – and like you said, we've I I do have some athletes that I've been working with this – on the season and I think it's a matter of meeting them where they are and figuring out what they truly need because I know for you and I we took a year off mm-hmm. it's it's been a year to the day I have the chills I run a marathon. that's crazy <laughs> I know um 
but we sort of switched our focus and like changed mm-hmm. what we really wanted to focus on in our off season. And now I'm ready to rage. Like yes. I'm ready to run a marathon, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it takes time. It took a year. Yeah. It took a year for me to truly feel like, okay, I'm ready to do this again. It took me, yeah, it took me a year to be, and, and to like feel safe signing up for a marathon again. Not to feel like the marathon is like not safe, but like to feel like I was supported by myself mm-hmm. and by like my external and internal environment to like go back into the rigor of a training cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, and especially myself, like I think about myself even two years ago, like she was never in an off season. She was always training for something. She was mm-hmm. always putting her worth on finish lines. Like she was always working towards that next goal. And it's like at some point that's going to catch up with you. Yeah. And like you can't operate at that level physically, mentally, emotionally, energetically all of the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like what what is the solution or the way through the burnout? And it's dependent. It's yeah. dependent on yourself and whenever my athletes come to me, I'm like, hey, can I challenge you for a second? Like, can we talk about this, like, in, like, a challenging perspective way of, like, can you remove yourself from, like, this energetically charged situation to just, like, be neutral and, like, look at it for what it is at face value? Mm-hmm. Like, your burnout. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, And I think it's also taking – there's this arbitrary rule that after you run a race, you have to take two weeks off. Mm-hmm. And I, I I love and I hate that rule because I think so many people are so married to it, but it's also not black and white. Like, right. it's not something that you to do those two weeks and then you're back to normal. Like some people, if you've been running for years and you've been running a ton of marathons, maybe you only have to take a week off. Maybe you have to take a week and a half off and you can start like easing back into some mm-hmm. easy runs. Maybe it's like your first or second marathon and you need a month. Yeah take it, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not going to lose all of your fitness that you gained in that marathon training cycle. It's going to come back quicker than you think. Um, but just giving yourself that permission to do nothing. Yeah. And oh. even if it just looks like cycling. Yeah. Cool. Like Love move it. your body in a way that feels good. That's yeah. maybe different than what you've been doing for the last three, four months, yeah. five months, you know, whatever. And I think too, that like, challenging the status quo of the two weeks off post-marathon is this, like, if you fully understand, like, at a physiological level, like, the impact that training has on your body, Mm -hmm. then you're able to go into those two weeks however you need to while knowing what your body's recovering from. Mm -hmm. And I think what it is is, like, people set that two-week rule or, like, integrate that two-week rule because it's, like, they want people to just rest and it's like you might not need just rest yeah (laughs) um and so like asking yourself what do I need and what feels most supportive to me right now Mm -hmm. and maybe it's running maybe it's not maybe it's cycling maybe it's going to classes maybe it's doing none of anything and just like laying on the couch and like permission to do that too but I think the worst thing that you can do when you're in that season is like force your way through the feelings is to like just keep pushing it's like okay well if I sign up for this race then that will fix it or if I go to this workout class then it will fix it or if I just force myself to put on my shoes and go running again that'll fix it and it's Mm -hmm. like just allow allowing yourself to be in those emotions and like in a reflective state is okay too yeah you don't have to get through it yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, but it's also like, it's also a fine line because sometimes I know in the past I have not wanted to go for a run in the least bit. Uh-huh. And then I'm like, just lace your shoes up. Just put your shoes on and get out the door. 100%. And then I do it and I feel so much better. So it's almost like that fine line of knowing when to push and when to pull back. Yeah. And I think that the difference is from my experience, maybe you've experienced something different, but usually if I lace up my shoes and my body is like ready to go and I feel good, I'll start to ease into the workout and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I remember this. This is what truly makes me happy at my core. But if I'm still in that phase where I'm just done, I don't have like that excitement. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, no, 100%. Like I go out there and I'll get like a mile, mile and a half into my run and I'm still just like, screw this. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I'd rather be on the couch watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in that situation, that's where you're like, okay, maybe I need to reassess where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But I also, yeah, and like I, I think your body remembers. It's like you still love running at its core, but like you're just in a different, like you just have like a kind of like a little bit of a different relationship right with it right now or like a different headspace and like just trying it on for size. Like, yeah, like lacing your shoe up. I have this like five minute rule similar to what you just said. Like I go out there for at least five minutes and I'm like, if after the end of these five minutes, like I don't truly want to be here permission to like mm-hmm. not be here. Um, and that's okay too. But I think the, yeah, just like the worst thing you can do is force yourself to do something. But like you said, it's a gray area. It's yeah. like, when, when are you like being too gentle on yourself and when do you need to push? And I think that's yeah. where a coach is really helpful because like, or even if you don't have a coach, like having like a friend or somebody you trust who you can just like, they can hold space for you for you to talk and then they can reflect back at you what you're saying. <laughs> and I think sometimes that's helpful to like, just hear your own words said back to you. And it's like, Oh, like that sounds crappy. Yeah. That sounds really shitty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe you do need a break from running yeah. or maybe like you're just making excuses for yourself or, mm-hmm. you know, you're telling yourself a story that's maybe not actually true or not serving you. Um, so I think just like, if you're not able to be self-reflective, like looping somebody else in. Yeah. Um, but what do you feel like for you, like outside of just going out there and lacing up your shoes and running, like what other tools do you feel like help you kind of move through that like lack of joy when it comes to movement or running? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, because I know we just said not, putting races on your schedule, (laughs) but I, I truly thrive with a race on my schedule. So even if it's just a 5k, my goal is to go out and have fun on the 5k, like not race it. Just maybe I'm running it with a friend who's never run before Mm -hmm. and like have fun, but having some sort of race on the schedule. Um, but I feel like that's very counterintuitive to what you just said. So I don't know, but I think that shows that like every person is different and it's not like I'm saying, I ran this race, I'm in the middle of burnout, and I'm going to go race this 5K as hard as I can. It's right. like, I'm going to go up to this 5K and just have a blast and maybe run it for another reason and find a different purpose in that run, mm-hmm. whether it be to have fun or whether it be to run with a friend who's never run before or et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So I think that's like a yes and. It's like, yes, you can race and have an expectation management check-in. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think about New York City. Like both of us had these intentions of like having like a really good race. I don't really think your goal is probably to PR because you just ran Berlin right before where you PR. But like my goal personally was to PR New York city. And then 
absolutely did not PR New York City. <laughs> Finished feeling like so defeated. And my ego wanted me to go put another race on my calendar to go PR. Mm-hmm. And like for me in sure. that situation specifically, like putting a race on my calendar with the intention to make up for the lack where I, where I, where I felt like I was lacking, like that would not have been helpful. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like understanding why you're putting whatever you're putting on your calendar whether it's a race or a training run or what have you mm-hmm. before you do it yeah <laughs> I'm trying to think what I did after New York like what I know that I took I took a lot of time off I'm actually on my training I right ran now. I'm about to tell you guys. I ran a half marathon and I PR'd I ran a 5k and I PR'd yeah (laughs) but like I went into both of those races like so yeah post New York I took time off and then I just like put races on my calendar for the fun of it and I was like I'm just gonna go out like fuck around and find out like (laughs) I'm just gonna go out there and see what happens with like no expectations no pace plan and just like have fun and that's that's why I'm saying like I truly feel like post New York was like where I completely shifted as an athlete because it's like I was no longer chasing finish lines to PR or to prove something to myself Mm -hmm. it was like I was really just going out there and like I've had like I have like it's been a full year since New York and I've had the best race seasons like in my off season yeah (laughs) like none of them have been intentional like prs or builds where like i start the training cycle and i'm like this is what i'm working towards like it's truly been finding joy in the process rather than just the finish line and it's like i think it takes experience in running to be able to shift that perspective because it's like I don't know, we're runners, like, we're accolade-driven, we're medal-driven, we're finish-line-driven, and, like, that's just who we are. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Even if you say you're not, you are. <laughs> oh, 100%, 100%. Like, I, I am very goal-oriented. I want that finish line, whether it be a fun run or whether it be a PR. Mm-hmm. I want I want the finish line. Mm-hmm. I want to cross it. I'm looking at my training schedule right now, and I it took me two and a half weeks. Like, that's a perfect example right there, to come back to running Yeah. after New York. Um. And even then, I was only running three days a week for a month and a half, um, which, I mean, only is a yeah, yeah, silly yeah. thing to say. But, like, compared to what I was doing, right. I was running three to four miles a week for a month and a half after New York. I love that. Yeah. And it – I mean, I'm here now. Yeah. yeah I feel good. I, so, obviously, I, I did like something a, right. <laughs> a massive season of fitness growth and gains and, yeah. like, chasing big goals. And I, I think I really appreciate this – year more than any other year of running because I'm able to bring a fresh and different perspective for my athletes yeah like I never knew off season or runners burnout or how to move through it or Mm -hmm. any of those things until I really sat in it myself yeah um holy cow I didn't run a race until June dang so I ran a 5k in June that's December, January, February, March, April, May, June. That's seven months. Yeah, and it was a 5K. I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, and then I ran the Peachtree Road Race in July, and then the Chicago 5K, and that's all I've raced this year. Really? Yeah. Dang. That's kind of funny to look back on, actually. That's actually, that is funny. Yeah, I, I kind of appreciate that. I do love that. I think I ran, I ran a half marathon, I ran a 5K, I ran a 10K. Ran another half marathon. Do you I, feel like you were scared 
to run after New York? Um, Did you have any fear around running? I feel like that first half marathon that I ran, because I ran that half marathon in December, so it was like the first week of December, so like a month after New York. Yeah. And I was, I think my ego was more afraid Mm -hmm. than like, I was like physically afraid, I Mm -hmm. guess, but I don't. I don't know that I was afraid, afraid. I don't know. (laughs) I have so much fear around my half marathon coming up on Thanksgiving. Because I'm, I haven't raced a long distance race since New York. And I'm like low key terrified that the weather's going to be shit. I'm going to be shit. And then my whole entire world's going to fall apart. And my (laughs) identity as a distance runner is just going to blow up. Do you need space? To un- <laughs> do, you, do you need space to unpack this right now? No, I've like... unpacked it. I think I think I've unpacked it. I ran through the summer and I think I'm good. But like, I do have that fear, and like, I it know. is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to go away completely? No, but right. I think I just like mentally have to be like, it'll be fine. The worst thing that happens is I don't get great weather and I blow up. But like, race day owes you nothing. No, and I think like. Being able to verbally process those fears is so important and, like, to be able to share them out loud because it's, like, when you hold them inside of you, I feel like that's when they control you. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that awareness of, like, these are my fears Mm -hmm. and I'm okay saying that is so powerful because, like, me, like, using Houston, for example, like, sharing my time goal, I was, like... Well, if I don't say it out loud, then, like, nobody will ever see me failing because mm-hmm. they didn't know what my goal was in the first place. <laughs> right. But why is failure so scary? Yeah. And it's, like, why is failure defined as a time goal? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's interesting, though, like, yeah, that inner no, dialogue that we have as athletes because it's, like, we put so much pressure on ourselves to perform. And even in that situation, it's, like, bro, you've been fucking crushing your training over the summer. Yeah. And it's, like, it, like... As an outsider, it's like that's so irrational to say. Oh yeah, that, like, but in my brain, it sounds very irrational. <laughs> but it's also like not at all irrational because it's like we all live with our own inner dialogue, and it's yeah. like what you feel is what you feel, and like yeah. as long as you're giving yourself the space to process it, like, mm-hmm. damn. Well, I hope I hope the weather. Your weird weather's gonna be shit because it's you. But I know, I know, and it's fine. And like that, that's the thing is like. It is what it is, man. Yeah. Like, if I go out there and it blows up, great. Yeah. Well, that's, like, why it's so important, like, to understand, like, the day-to-day training is, like, where the resilience and the grit is built. Like, putting yourself in those less-than-ideal situations when it comes to running in, like, colder temperatures or not mm. your ideal temperature or rainy runs or, like, you know, obviously, like, be safe. But yeah, it's why it's so important to put yourself in those places and those moments of discomfort because then that raises your threshold to, like, withstand that discomfort tolerance like over time and also like you never know what race day is gonna throw at you yeah and like you paid your entry fee like you're gonna show up (laughs) yeah sure sure no and it's just I mean like you said just showing up doing the work but then also I just hope that like I hope that sharing that makes people realize too that Mm -hmm. like the feelings that you're feeling post race are not abnormal yeah like we all grow through uh-huh. we all have these like irrational fears that pop mm-hmm. up after a crazy race maybe you had gi issues and now you're scared to like do a long run because you're scared you're gonna shit your pants like right. that's valid but yeah. like is it gonna happen again maybe not if you change it and you figure out what works you know right bring some toilet paper with you you like you know accommodate <laughs> accommodate um, adapt adapt and overcome <laughs> so i think it's just a matter of making it normal like normalizing those 
fears Mm -hmm. that you have after a race, whether it goes good or bad. Yeah. And maybe you haven't spent time reflecting on those fears. Like, right, we get out of a training cycle, we run the race, and then we just, like, especially if the race didn't go the way that you want it, like, just, like, shut the door in the closet. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) don't act like like it didn't happen. (laughs) I don't want to unpack this. (laughs) um, So maybe if you're listening to this and you're having those feelings, like, this, use this as your starting point to start to unpack and revisit Mm -hmm. what you're truly feeling. Yeah. Damn, that's deep. Deep. deep That's uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the shit you never thought you were going to deal with when you became a runner. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, and it's such a mental game. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm trying to think of what percentage I would say running is mental, but it's a large percentage. Yeah, 100%. Mental strength and mental grit. It is. Well, and also, like, the other day when I texted you, like, and I was like, I haven't ran in three or four days. I don't want to run. Yeah. Like, I'm over it. Um, and you're like, how bad do you want it? And, like, while I realistically know that one, three, four, five-mile training run in the middle of a 20-week training cycle isn't going to make or break my time goal, it's like showing up in those moments is what teaches yourself and proves to yourself mm-hmm. that you can show up, that you can overcome. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like if you practice those mental hurdles uh-huh. in training, it's going to roll over to your race oh, day. 100%. You know, if you're, if you're giving in to yourself and your thoughts about how tired you are during your training cycle, when you get to mile 21 of your marathon, you're going to be like, I'm so tired. And then maybe you're going to take that walk break. Or maybe you're going to, God forbid, be like, Bye. Get my DNF, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you practice that in your training, that's going to roll over to those later miles, miles of your marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're practicing your mental training all training cycle long. And it's like every single run that I'm on, I visualize Michaela running a 340 marathon. Mm-hmm. Every single run. It doesn't matter what pace it is, what mileage I'm running. Like I feel it viscerally in my body and I go through what I'm going to tell myself when I'm in that race. And it's mm-hmm. like... I truly do think that's what separates good from great mm-hmm. is like being able to channel that energy and those thoughts and realizing the impact they have on physical performance. Mm-hmm. Facts. Facts. I have to be really careful when I do that though, because I get really excited and my heart rate's like 180. Like, let's I'm like, fucking yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, that's okay too. Like you yeah. gotta tap into it. Cause right. it's like, then when it comes Save to race, for the end, that yeah. way I can just like end on that note. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, but it's like those small moments is where you're built. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We just wanted to use today's episode. I know it's like a lot shorter than we usually talk, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, just just reminding you guys that it yeah. is normal, um, and that there's no right or wrong answer, and we're not coming here and telling you like this is the thing that you need to do in mm. order to do this, but just like. Just talk to your coach. Just yeah. talk to a friend. Talk to a family member. Talk to us. Talk to us. Slide into our DMs, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I think, yeah, like you said it perfectly. Like, it's not telling you that you're right or wrong or that it's good or bad. Like, it's such a gray space to be as an athlete. And it's, like, just, I think, at the end of the day, like, not forcing yourself through it and, like, just letting yourself be in the thick of it even for a little bit, and then finding a productive solution to move through it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be right away. You don't have to put a timeline on it. You don't have to put expectations with it. 
but just allowing yourself to feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it sucks. Yeah. Nobody and, wants to be in that like, No, spot. no. But also, like, who knows? You don't know what's on the other side. Mm-hmm. The other side for you was hella PRs. Like, yeah. <laughs> the other side for me was not a lot of races. And that was yeah. abnormal for what my normal was mm-hmm. in the past of trying to combat that mm-hmm. burnout. Um, and maybe that rest is what I needed. And then my breakthroughs coming through like yours was with Fuck all the yeah. PRs, you for know? sure. So once again, no right or wrong answer. We, yeah. we attacked it differently. We got the same results because we're both sitting here ready to run a marathon. So let's go. Yeah. Mission so, accomplished. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's similar to like before we close out, like it's similar to people thinking they're going to go back to, right? It's like, oh, I want to be how I was during that training cycle. Or, oh, I want to run paces like I ran track in high school. And it's like, the fuck? Like yeah. <laughs> you can't go back there. Like you can't even go back to your last training cycle. Like yeah. you can only... You can only move forward, so figure out what that moving forward looks like for you. Right. And it's also acknowledging, too, that like we say all the time, or I say as a coach, you're not supposed to be in peak performance year-round. There's no way that your body can do that. You Mm -hmm. cannot be performing at 100% Mm -hmm. 365 days a year. That is not a thing. So every cycle is going to look different. So hold space for that peak that you're in journal about it remember how great it was how great you felt Mm -hmm. and then pull back for the off season so you can be at a higher peak that next one yeah you know because you're not going to reach any higher if you keep trying to stay at that same level you're going to plateau for sure and also like it's such a beautiful time to shift your focus like look at like your last training cycle or look forward like the athlete you want to become like what tools and resources knowledge do you need to gain or build and it's Mm -hmm. like maybe you're running less miles a week but like you're learning a lot about nutrition or you're learning a lot about strength training or mindset or sleep and recovery. Like there's so many pieces to being a strong, well-rounded athlete that have nothing to do with being on the run that you could take time off of running completely Mm -hmm. and still be growing as an athlete. My favorite time in my running career was when I focused on figuring out how to get the best sleep. I was like, shit, if there's one thing I'm good at, it is sleeping, and I'm going to run with it. I was right. like, what should I do? I should have a face routine, like a, a skincare routine before I go to bed, and that's going to help me, and I'm going to sleep good. Hands down. Yeah. Top five moments of my running right. career was focusing on sleep. I love that for you. Because <laughs> you can't fail. And now look at it. It's like building blocks. Now you get to incorporate that into your training yeah. again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe just like shifting focus mm-hmm. right now where you're at. But But wherever you're at in your running journey, just know that we love you. We're here for you. Like we said, if you need anyone to bounce ideas off of, just vent. Just get out how you're feeling and have an ear to hear it. Slide into our DMs. We're always open and willing to listen. Absolutely. All right. Let's go cheer on New York City. Yay! (laughs) Let's rage. We know running is more fun with community and we all need more people in our lives to share that crazy kind of love for everything on the run and beyond. If you have a running bestie who you think would love this episode and our Strides for Strength community, send this episode and follow us on Instagram at Strides for Strength. Until next time, friend, keep working towards a stronger you.